You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Gist is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candice is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad, when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We have a pretty interesting story today. I am actually excited about to talk. I am excited. That's how excited I am. I'm excited to talk about this one. This one really got me to go into my uh, my back issues and check out some cool stuff. Yeah, you know, so for one of the ways that we usually pick uh, a 101 that we're going to t- talk about, um, I... I I watch a lot of the TV shows and stuff like that. You watch a lot of the movies with me. But uh, we try and pick something that's relevant to what's going on in the TV shows right now. Well, Gotham is in its final season. Yes. It, it has... Yeah. Sorry. Trust me. No. I, I As much as I enjoy that show, I am happy it's going off the air. It's so weird and wacky and out there. Well, for their last season, they've decided to adapt No Man's Land. Great story. Right. And I so I went to go look it up because I read it. I remember reading it back in nineteen ninety. I almost I I want to say that No Man's Land was the Batman story that I started on. That's the one that you know like, serious. I was reading bullies. the comic books before ninety nine. I was like, oh, this big event is going to be happening. I want to read Batman. Like I think I was already reading Azrael at that time. So he has a few issues that go in there. So you know you reading you're reading the book, you yep. see the, the yellow border, it says, Hey, no man's land is gonna be coming. Make sure you get it on your pull list or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna do this. And I remember our local uh our local comic book store, Diane, she's like, Do you know how many different issues are gonna be involved in this? Of course, being the seventeen year old me don't matter just throw yeah. them all on there get them all they come out <laughs> weekly that's plenty of time <laughs> so, so so yeah i'm I'm almost positive that ba- this was my first like straight up batman detective shadow of the bat oh, what else was there kellum and nailing robin Azrael, shadow of the bat legends of the dark knight batman legends detective dark comics oh good lord and special issues <laughs> and a, a young justice in there as well yes um so god yeah, it did get you good he sure did <laughs> Um, so, and, and then when we, so looking it up, it happened in January to December of 1999. Yeah. This is January of 2019. Do you think Gotham planned it to be the, the 30th anniversary? To make people happy, I'm going to say yes. I don't think, I don't <laughs> no, think they care. No, they don't. They're, I think they looked at it and it's like, okay. What are the big stories? You know, what are big stories with villains that we didn't use? Exactly. Military villains that yeah. we could make. And, you know, and it worked out perfectly because this was, what was really cool about No Man's Land is the gangness of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the street corners and all that. Got it's them like, being carved up into territories. Yeah. And honestly, I think the secret to to Gotham is when you look at any Batman event, ask yourself, how involved was GCPD? So that's where it really comes from. Right. You know, right? Even though they had a whole comic book called GCPD, and they could have used that or but, Gotham know, Central. Yeah, but hey, let's let's just uh, let's make Gordon Young and and then Batman's a kid. He's <laughs> a bad kid. Well, I mean, from what I understand, they honestly wanted to make GCPD the show and Gotham Central the show, but general audiences just didn't understand why they weren't doing Batman if they're doing a Batman show. Freaking audiences, except right? for ours. <laughs> <laughs> you, should have, you just needed to accept it and gone along for the ride. Oh, you would have had a hell of a ride. Yeah, hell so ride. that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Batman story, No Man's Land, a crossover that went across all the Bat family and then some. Yes, that hit the DC universe. It really did. Superman had to make a guest appearance <laughs> in this. He didn't get a special. He had to make two guest appearances. So beat Okay, we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, we'll definitely talk about it when we get to it. So, yes. uh, when we get to that, 
is you know after we talk about the pull list for the week so let's find out what is on the spinner rack this week okay so i'm gonna do it quick and fast dark horse comics will have fight club three number one out so that's right if you like fight club and then you like the comic book sequel fight club two now here comes the trilogy that's a lot of soap so if you want it go get it which which company is that this has come straight out of dark horse so and it's not chuck polonic that's that's writing it right like because um, he's the author of the original fight club I honestly, I, I don't know. Let me find out here. Or Polonuk, depending on who you talk to and how he how he says his last name. That's something that I've always found interesting. But I I, I want to say that he was involved in in part two, the comic book adaptation. But I don't know about part three. Well, yeah, Chuck Palahniuk. If Again, I could be saying it wrong, but yeah, Chuck Palahniuk, uh, Cameron Stewart, McCaig, Kirby Fagan. They're all the ones involved for it. Mm, that's interesting. Okay, so that's yeah. I I, I never read the part two, so I don't know. Where they went with the quote unquote Cornelius and, Ty- and Tyler. And this one's going to be insane. This one is a 12 part monthly comic book maxi series. So there's a market. There's a market. All right, let's see. Going to our favorite place, DC Comics. We've got Action Comics 1007, Batgirl 31, Batman Troikia trade paperback. Now, for those of you collecting the Batman Nightfall 25th anniversary trades, this is the last one. Um, I would almost say pass on it, but it's going to have the nice little trade design. And it's also going to include a book, at least last time I saw on the solicits, that's very important. Nightwing, Alfred's Return. Alfred's Return. Yep, because Alfred got pissed at Bruce and he said, you know what, dude? Enough is enough. I can't watch you do this to yourself. And he left. And, you know, Dick Grayson was the one that managed to get him to come back. So that alone is worth the price of admission, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, get a discount. Um, Detective Comics will be reaching issue 997. So we're getting very, very close to the 1,000th issue. And I got to say, I'm going to put this out there. I am not too happy about the basic covers. No, neither like am I. You and I sat down and we talked about it, and there was just nothing too exciting. And I mean, no disrespect to the artists involved, it, but damn. It, honestly, we've, we've seen great stuff from all those artists, so yeah. I, I just don't understand why these these were the designs they came up with. Do you, do you think there was, a, there was an editor saying, we want something to look like this, or do you think that each artist is just like, this is what I want to do? I, honestly, I would say I think it comes down to the artists. Because, know? I mean, because obviously they do the whole uh, yeah, they do era, thing, era the, Yeah, like, okay, 30s, thing, who so. can replicate that? So they went with Steve Rude, you know, right. 40s, Frank Cho, and they, they very much themed it. You know, 80s Frank Miller. But, I mean, it was just like, really? Some of their stuff just, I don't know. It just wasn't catchy enough. I'm not saying that I, I, I hated the fact that it was that artist in that era. I just was like, you've done so many amazing covers and, and images. And, you know, well, hell, I, give I'll, me a reprint. I'll definitely say I liked the Action Comics 1000 issues or covers a lot better. Yes. No, no kidding. Like, I can say, like, I, I looked at some of those and I was like, you know what? I'm glad to buy this. Right. Um, I think I only bought two of the retailer exclusive ones, but for the Detective Thousand, I'm, I'm, I see myself looking more at the retailer exclusives. But right. I can't shell out twenty five bucks a cover again. No. So you know, buyer beware. But that's coming soon. Um, Flash fans, you got a big week this week. Flash issue sixty three and Flash annual number two. Do yourself a favor. Follow Scott Collins on social media. He's posting little snippets, and he mentioned Wally West. So if you're a Wally fan, this is going to be a big week. Uh, Green Lantern's oh, volume. You mean, you mean the murderer of Sanctuary? Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> your speed force down there. <laughs> Uh, you, you guys remember asking about the Sage Force? Yeah, that right. That's what it sounds there, like. There it is. Um, I, I, you know, it remains to be seen. What if, what if uh, the thing that powers the Mobius chair is the Sage Force? Oh my God! What a connection, right? That'd be crazy. I so mean, then in that case, you could take the Ray, not the Ray, not the superhero Ray, but um, Light Ray, the God of Light, the one that yeah, uh, connect him to the Speed Force. Yeah, yeah. I, I dig it. Yeah, I'd be up for it. That could be some fun stuff. But man, get Mobius on some Sage Force or, you know, I mean, show that. I, the Sage Force is probably the least interesting to me of all the, the four forces that they, they created. It's such an ambiguous word. Yes, and uh, if you if you wanted to make it cool, that's how I would do it. Yeah, you got you to gotta connect it to something. You can't just be like, oh, here's this idea, and there we go. Yeah. But anyways, going back, I, would, I highly recommend though, this Flash Annual 2. It's a Heroes in Crisis tie-in. Uh, Joshua Williamson has been killing it on the Flash. I think, and I could be wrong here, but I think he might be the only original author on his post-rebook birth. 
book. Really? Wow. I think so. I think everybody else has left by now, and he's the only one who's been there. And they're bringing in Scott Collins. When they bring in Scott Collins, <laughs> it's me. It's serious. <laughs> <laughs> so get that issue. Uh, Green Lanterns Volume Eight: Ghosts of the Past trade paperback comes out. This will continue on the legacy of the Green Lantern Corps, and this will be close to the final um, series of that of that book. So this is Volume Eight. That series will make it to Volume Nine. And speaking of killers, Heroes in Crisis Part Five of Nine will be out. Uh, so, gosh, if you think about it, we would have been so close to the conclusion because if I remember correctly, it was a seven-part miniseries. But now we're up at nine. But anyways, uh, Justice League Annual Number 1 is out there, and that's going to reveal a lot of secrets. So do yourself a favor, pick it up. Justice League Odyssey Issue 5 will continue our adventures in space. Mysteries of Love in Space Issue 1. That's right, because we're nearing Valentine's Day. You've <laughs> got to get your lovely comic books out there, so there's one of them. Old Lady Harley Issue 4 of 5 will be out. Raven, Daughter of Darkness, will wrap up the 12-issue maxi-series by the co-creator of Raven. Um, oh, uh, Wolfman? Yes, Marv Wolfman. Thank wow, you. I feel horrible. Uh, so anyways, that'll be wrapping that up. Uh, Teen Titans will get an annual. Terrifics will be on its 12th issue, being the only book to survive metal. I can't believe that. I can I, I like. I guess I can, because, yeah, I've read all the books other than Damage, and that probably was the best one, yeah. but I just, I don't know what they were doing with these books. Because, you know what, they did not, like, I, I, I ask you, Damage, Silencer, any of those guys, where the hell were they during Metal? It's true. They were nowhere. Well, I mean, at least we saw Mr. Terrific in Metal. Right, and, well, the the kid, the um, Sideways, he was created because of Metal. Right. And... But then we're like, and then all the the new challengers, like it, they became a they became a thing again because of the challengers mounted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's all weird. It was just forced. Like, yeah, honestly, you can't trick your fans that way. You got to do it the right way. Uh, so, anyways, moving along, Dynamite Entertainment will give us Elvira, the shape of Elvira, number one. That's right. She'll no longer just be on your TV screens. You can read her in your comic books. Now, if you want to get some more insight to the potential world of Watchmen. Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt, number one. That's right, the original Ozymandias. He was part of the Charlton Heroes, and he was a DC comic book hero, but for some reason, the rights reverted back to the original creator, and he shopped it around, and right now, Peter Cannon lives at um, Dynamite Press. Wow. Or, sorry, Dynamite Entertainment. So this is going to have, I'm sure they're going to play with the fact that he is the uh, blueprint for Ozymandias. Right. So definitely. If, if, they're, if they're smart. Yeah. I mean, that is, I, I do, I don't read enough Dynamite, but I do like that they have all the pulp heroes. Yeah, no, I dig that they've got that stuff. I mean, they've done me right with the Lone Ranger and the Spirit. Right. Uh, the, the Green Hornet was rough. I like, liked the Green Hornet book. I didn't mind it so much, but like to me, it's like definitely when they launched it the first time with Kevin Smith, right. it was like, okay, this is the world we want to build. But then when he left, it's like, oh, oh they let's totally go back down. to yeah. yeah. And then, but, uh, oh, what was, uh, the, the Phantom, he was there too. Yes. The Phantom was part of that world too. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Cause what is it? The, it's the Lone Ranger and the Green Hornet are related yes. through, through, through family line lineage. Something like that. Like a great, great they're both grandpa reeds. or great uncle or something like that. Yeah. 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 yeah and that's weird. And I, I, I always wish I could find out an exact origin of that. Cause I must imagine somebody was in the studio and was like, Hey, both these guys got the same last name. Oh, yeah, that's like his like great 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 uncle. All right, works for me. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that 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 move. <laughs> so, anyways, um, Marvel Comics. Moving on over to Marvel Comics, the Age of X Men begins. Age of X Men Alpha Number One. That's right. The X Men have been obliterated. They've been taken into X Men's new world of peace, love, and hippiness. So you get to see how they're gonna interact with that. Amazing Spider-Man number 14 will be out there, and this will start getting us ready for Craven's Big Hunt. Uh, don't expect too much of Craven, but get starting. start getting yourself geared up. Avengers issue 11 is going to a second printing, so that must have had something catchy on the inside. Captain America will be celebrating his seventh issue, and again, Tenesti Coates is writing this. It is amazing. If you were a fan of Ed Bruderbaker's Cap Run, this is the great sequel that you need. Uh, if you're getting ready for Captain Marvel, let's revisit another Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau. She was Captain Marvel for a good portion of the 80s, and she's going to get her very own trade paperback, which will probably collect very key stories of hers. Yeah, and if you watch the trailer, and if you haven't watched the trailer and you want to stay spoiler-free... 
you know, stay spoiler free for the next 30 seconds. Her mother, Maria Rambo, is featured in the trailer for the movie, and she oh, is a pilot sweet. with Carol in the Air Force. So, wow. Yeah. That's, okay, that, that's, that's some age. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Uh, let's see. Dead Man Logan, part three of 12, continues on the last adventure of Old Man Logan. Doctor Strange will be celebrating his 10th issue. And Marvel, for part of its 80th anniversary, will be really releasing old titles. So we will get Journey into Unknown Worlds, issue one. Um, I don't know. Try it at your own risk. Man <laughs> Without Fear will be concluding its fifth issue for this final week. And speaking of conclusions, Marvel Knight's 20th anniversary will also be celebrating its sixth issue. Now, I have a theory. And again, it's not a spoiler. It's a theory. I think we're getting Karen Page back. Really? Yes, how, do you, how do you do that? It's comics. None of that stuff matters. You can do yeah, what you but, want. But there's an air around superheroes themselves of, of them being, you know, over the top and otherworldly that they can come back from dead. Right. A person like Karen, who is tangential to being a superhero. Right. You know, she's Uncle Ben. She's, uh, no, she's not, she's not that level yet. I say like, she is a very important death. Okay. She's a very important issue. But, Netflix, the actress did an amazing job. Yeah. So you know, it's like, hey, let's let's give the fans what they want. Let's bring so, Karen back. So bring it back. Uh, Karen Page dies because of Kevin Smith. Well, yeah. Kevin Smith. No, it was Kevin, he wrote the issue. He came into the church <laughs> and killed her. Uh, she. How does she die? She. She's already been. She takes a uh, um, a knife. No, she takes a billy club through the chest. Thrown by bullseye. Thrown by bullseye. Okay, um, and that's because she had. She had already she had turned uh, ratted out Matt right. Oh no, this is no. Those so are two different events. Two different events. Oh, yeah. okay. So she dies because. So this is uh, this is Kevin Smith's Guardian Devil storyline. It's the first eight issues of Daredevil Volume Two. So basically, Karen is duped into believing she has AIDS. She comes to Matt to warn him, and he's like, "No, the only reason you have AIDS is because of your life. It's your fault." Now, Matt, is he's kind of stuck being the guardian angel slash devil to this baby who is basically the mother of this of this baby is a child herself, and she is like, oh, I'm a virgin, and I gave birth, so the Holy Spirit told me this. And so Matt's like, what do I do with this baby? I don't know. It's a devil. You know, like the second coming is not good. This is the, this is the devil child. And, of course, he's being tricked and duped into thinking certain things. Mysterio was the villain during this right. one. So again, he was dying of cancer. Yeah, and perfect time to read this book. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but so anyways, so Karen winds up taking care of the baby, and they do dupe Bullseye into thinking, okay, fine, we'll give you the baby. You leave the church. You leave us alone. So they give him the fake baby Jesus, and Bullseye gets pissed, throws it, and hits her in the head. She falls down. Daredevil manages to like, you know, like, all right, get the hell out of here. And Bullseye's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But one last thing, and he takes one of the billy clubs and throws it and just, bam, right through Karen. So is there any possibility? Secret Wars. That it could, <laughs> well, then, yeah, that they wrote it in a way so that she could be like she went into like witness protection or something. So like to die in front of Matt would be tough. Right. But it's not unplausible because we did see Bucky die during Fear Itself in front of Cap. And they LMD'd it. You know, they, they took his body. They pumped him full of Infinity Formula. So maybe Nick Fury is like, I need a scrappy kid. And she's just the person for it. Oh, so she's going to get powers too. Hey, why not? Let's go for a problem, man. <laughs> she's going to be the new no, I just, I, Agent I, 13 or I, whatever. I just feel like, yes, her resurrection would be one of those goofy like, you know, when you look at the clouds and it forms the higher power and it winks at you and it's like, hey, buddy, no problem. Like, it's going to be goofy. But well, it's just like, not to cut you off, but it was spoilers <laughs> in uh, in Batman. Like, after... Yeah. Like, well, fandom react. Yeah. Like, the... Because that was, that was... When they brought back spoiler and there was the whole issue of, like, Cassandra Cain's Batgirl, like, me talking to the dead soul of, uh, you know, of uh, Stephanie Brown. I even think that there was... Do they have Stephanie Brown in Blackest Night? I'm not sure. I don't think so. No? Okay. Uh, but yeah, she just... I think they had to retroactively write that story off and be like, oh, it was just Cassandra dreaming. It's like, no, we knew it wasn't a dream. But all right, fair enough. Well, those crack me up because I see that all the time. Like, you know, there's there's parts where it's like, oh, you know, when, when Thor was dead and oh, when Captain America was dead and Thor talked to the spirit of liberty. 
And there was Cap, and he was like, I'm glad you're back there to hold it all down while I'm away. Cap wasn't dead. He was lost in time. <laughs> Blackest Night Batman. He wasn't dead. He was lost in time. He was lost in time. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, you know, give me give me 10 more minutes. I'll come up with a great way to bring her back. But I just, I feel like you have a fan base now. And if you don't strike, you're going to lose out. So I, I just, I got a feeling. And especially considering those were both originally weekly books and they didn't end, you know, like, because I, I think this puts Marvel Knights 20th a week behind. So that's that's why I got that feeling. All right, let's see. Moving along. Miss Marvel will be celebrating her 37th issue. Solo, a Star Wars story adaptation, will get part four of seven out there. Spider-Man and Deadpool are, are gearing up for their 45th issue. So you know something crazy is going to happen when 50 hits. Uh, all kinds of variant covers, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> let's see. True Believers will still be focusing on Conan for the rest of this month. So we'll have Conan, Resurrection number one. And then True Believers, what if Conan the Barbarian walked the earth today? And that's actually what's going to happen in the comic book. So we got to see the, the 80s version of it, and we got to see the modern-day version of it. Uh, Uncanny X-Men number four goes into a second printing. So that was part of the whole X-Men disassembled. And just because the Uncanny X-Men are big again, let's take issue number one and make it 3D because, you know, why not? So spend your money wisely. Uh, Unstoppable Wasp will be getting her fourth issue. Venom number nine gets a second printing. And those of you collecting West Coast Avengers, get ready because we're gearing we're gearing towards the final issues of that book. So that one's not going to be around too long. But when one team dies, a new team rises. And X-Force issue two will be out there as well. So that's what's on your spinner racks. Wow. Those, uh, that was a lot. So uh, was there anything particular that you were too excited about for this Wednesday? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, for me, the big comic book of the month, um, Uncanny X-Men Annual Number 1. Okay. I am probably in a different field of fandom when it comes to Cyclops. Uh, I've been following Cyclops since X-Men the Animated Series, 1991. Uh, when I read about him, I was lucky that like the first actual X-Men comic I read was X-Men Number 1. Uh, they were doing those Mar- Marvel milestones, and I got it. I remember it had the first cover with the big gray wraparound. And I just, I, I fell in love with the character. I was like, wow, this guy, this is me. You know, I was a kid with glasses and the burden of responsibility. It just, it, he sung to me. I thought he was a great character. And I'm like 98% having read all of his adventures. Like mm. everything's there. So 2004 was a huge year. Josh Whedon comes along and revives the X-Men and, X and makes them astonishing. Mm-hmm. And that was a big start for Cyclops. It, it brought him back to the superheroics. Um and Cyclops as a superhero is amazing. Then you had um, uh, House of M. And that was the first time I can recall Cyclops actually saying, we might have to kill someone. And he's never thought that way. And then after that, boom, it just started the whole path towards Cyclops was right, the whole Red X and all that. Mm. I enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely, you know, I, I compare it to Parallax, the, 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 the fall of Hal Jordan, and then Rebirth, the return of Hal Jordan. This was our rebirth issue. We got Scott back. And I know a lot of people, um, I was actually just talking with Rafa about this. A lot of people are taking that one panel where Cyclops says, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, the whole thing was, you know, ha 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 in your face, fans. No, it's on a deeper level. It's character growth. Because, you know, like wartime generals, during war, you show nothing. You show no fear. After war, then yes, you kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I wish I could have done that with less bloodshed on my part and on their part. Who doesn't wish that? You right. know, nobody's going to. You think Cyclops liked the idea of X Factor? No, but it was a necessary evil. And that's what people don't understand when, you know, they, they, they deal with war. You know, war is like, oh, it's like what I saw on TV or on the movies. No, it's it hurts. You know, it's hard. And so to see Cyclops reflect on that and come to the conclusions that he did, I just thought it was great. It was a beautiful issue. Uh, major shout outs to, if I remember correctly, I think it's Carlos Gomez, the, the, the artist. Um, he did a fantastic job. I love the way he gave us that whole 1960s Marvel. Uh, he emulated, you know, Phoenix Resurrection, Death of X. It was great. The, the pages he turned out were fantastic. Ed Brisson, uh, he wrote the issue. This very much felt like part six of Extermination. So if you read Extermination, 
Um, I, I'm not going to say if you liked it or hated it, but I recommend you read this. Maybe this will give you some more insights. So I thought it was a fantastic issue. Um, it's got questions for me. So that's, I love that because that's good. Yeah. now I get to read the book and I have a purpose. So I just, I'm head over heels for the issue. I thought it was great. Um, I've read it like three times. I can't wait to read it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So I didn't get to read anything this week, but I did finish off part one of season three of Young Justice, which they're calling Outsiders. And uh, I guess the first thing I want to say is that this story came out last week or this week, somewhere around then, this past weekend, that um, all the first letters of every episode of Young Justice Outsiders spells out the uh, prepare for the anti-life equation. Yes. Which, I mean, everybody knows what the anti-life equation means. It's got free. <laughs> um, yeah, which is, you know, the, the first part of this um, season definitely does a lot with Apocalypse and the New Gods. Apocalypse was a big part of the second season. So, uh, Granny Goodness is, is bombing around on Earth. She's going around as Greta Good. She owns a tech company. She owns a yeah, a tech company that does this like good VR. Um, wow. The VR goggles get put on people. They get injected with things. They become uh, controllable yeah, as long I was as they're. Say that. That's a perfect way to slave them. Yep. Enslave them. Yeah, nice. So uh, that's happening. That happened in, the, in the one of the la- later, last of the issues episodes for the this first part, uh, part one of the season, because they 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 did the two they did the season, but they split it into two parts. For the DC Universe app, it's you know the the first uh, I want to say twelve episodes, so three three three, so thirteen episodes okay. I think um, came out between December and now, and then the next thirteen probably is going to be uh, at the end of the uh, right before summer. Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly. So wow, we're gonna get a beefy season, like twenty four, twenty five episodes. Yeah, right? it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a bit of, bit nice. of episodes. Um, but yeah, you you have uh, you have them definitely trying to build the original outsider team, kind of. So you have Brion, Brion, uh, uh, Markov. Okay, so yeah. the the uh, Geo Force. Force. Yeah, um, they kind of amped up his powers a little bit. Oh, interesting. But he he's also doesn't know how to use his powers, so he's part of the he's the whole reason why it's young justice, whereas, you know, in Outsiders he was already pretty schooled in how how to use yeah, his he powers. Knew what was up. <laughs> um they have uh Halo, but she's been changed, given a new race. Uh she definitely doesn't know how to use her powers either, and she has a whole wide range of prism powers. Um there's Forager which I don't know if he was ever on an, an outsider team or not. Is he the new god bug? Yes. Okay, so no, I don't think he ever was. Yeah. With you. Um, you you do see Metamorpho, who usually is part of the Outsiders, and Katana, but she, they're not on the team. They're on Batman's secret team. Um, the, this is this is Nightwing, Superboy, and those three other characters kind of making up their own team, sorta, and. Brion, um, which I never knew that his name was Brion, reading oh, yeah? the comic books. I always thought it was Brian. Like, they just spelled Brian weird, but it was it's Brion, so that's interesting. Um, Nightwing is in, is in charge of uh, this team, this secret team. Um, what is it? The beginning of the season starts off with uh, basically all the OG leaguers quitting. The Justice League. Um, wow. And Calderon, who was your Aqualad in the first two seasons, is now Aquaman and the leader of the Justice League. What? Yeah. That's insane. Yep. It's pretty It's pretty wow. nuts. Um, Miss Martian and Superboy are engaged. Miss Martian sits, you know, tends to be in her white Martian form or a version of her white Martian form more often than not. Um yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird season though. I want to say that because Warner Brothers Animation or whoever's making makes this show, I assume it's Warner Brothers Animation. They had two seasons already, right? And you're in those two seasons, you follow around a team of heroes. Now, fans really wanted the third season, 
And then they they finally give him this third season, but they're not following around that team of heroes that you already knew, <laughs> which is I just find very strange. There was a, there was mention and talk of a time gap, right? Oh, there's time definitely jump. there is definitely a time jump. Yeah, uh, and then you have to remember that there are there are three versions of Roy Harper in the show. Uh, oh, wow. Because there's the original Roy Harper, there's the clone of Roy Harper that ended up becoming um, Jim Harper. And then right. there's the other clone of Roy Harper that was part of the Light's uh, infiltration into the Justice League that became Red Arrow, and they call him Will Harper now. And Roy Harper, the original Speedy, is the one that's missing the arm. So, Ooh, they went there. Yeah. Yikes. So, and it's it's all it's all very strange. It's I don't think I'm liking this first part of the season. I hope the second part of the season really wraps things up and gives me more of what I want. But as of right now, I'm not I'm not impressed. Now I'm curious. Did you because they made a one issue comic? Now I don't know if it's going to give you any big spoilers or whatnot. But did you read that by chance? I did not read it, and I did hear about it towards the end of this first part of the season. Mm, okay. And I, I, I did, yeah, some people, someone did say that, you know, you, you don't need to read it, but it helps. Well, I was always curious, I was like, is it worth investing the time or not, you know? I'll have to, I'll have to go give it a look. Yeah. Okay, so that's what we did for this past week. Let's get into No Man's Land. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> like I was saying, in Gotham, they are doing No Man's Land as a serialized episodes. They're jumping around days. It's like day 43. Like the season started off with uh, day three fifty nine, I want to say somewhere. Also, oh, when the season launched, it was already in the thick of it, huh? Well, yeah, and but they jump all the way back to day forty. Oh, okay, so it'll bounce. It's a sliding right. time exactly. both ways. Okay, all right, that's cool. Um, it's it's they did the whole like this area is 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 sanctioned by this gang, and this area is held by the penguin, and this area is being held by you know whoever poison ivy kind of thing. So they're keeping with that. The GCPD has their area, and it's it's kind of like the sanctuary for uh, anybody that needs it. Uh, the end of last season, Catwoman, so Selena, was shot by the Joker, or I'm sorry, not Joker, Jeremiah. Jerome or something? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there's two of them. There's Jerome, what? and there's Jeremiah. Oh, okay. They're twin brothers. Jerome. So three Jokers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Jerome uh, was the first one to take on the somewhat of a Joker persona, and then as he was dying, he was uh, he hates his bro- his twin brother Jeremiah, so he sent some Joker toxin to Jeremiah, which then sprayed him in the face, and now he became the the new uh, Joker. Uh, he he's the one that ended up blowing up the the bridges to create the new No Man's Land, and um, uh, he shot Selena in the spine, just like. What happened to uh, Barbara? Wow. So she, at the beginning of the season, she can't walk. She's in a coma. She can't walk. Uh, Bruce, who's sticking around in the no man's land, uh, is goes to find who they're calling the witch in the middle of uh, Gotham to help heal Selina. Turns out to be Poison Ivy. Oh. And this is the Poison Ivy that started off as Ivy, the little girl. Then got bumped up in age because of Fish Mooney, and then or not Fish, but one of the other mutants, right. and then got bumped up in age once more uh, before this season to becoming more of what Poison Ivy is supposed to be. So um, she had a plant that she w- she gave to Bruce to give to Selena that will then fix her spine, but it also might change her. And as we're seeing, she's getting like cat eyes and more. Uh, vicious and stuff like that a little beastie yeah exactly interesting uh yeah the episodes that i've seen so far it's it's good it's okay it's it's just fine it's 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 gotham it's more of what gotham has been it's playing fast and loose with the storylines that we know (laughs) but uh what do you think was why why was this a thing that they were able to do with gotham or with batman in 1999 so I think I think finally somebody hit it on the head because okay like I'm so if you want to get a really good experience with what we're going to talk about there's a website called comicbookreadingorders.com and they talk about all kinds of events and they have a page on Batman No Man's Land reading order this is according to them 100 issues so there's wow. 100 comic books now to put us 
get us back into the nostalgia of it, the previous event would have been DC 1 million, and the next event would be Day of Judgment. Okay. Now, But those I, two were fifth week's events. Yes. And this is something This is like a hands off the Batman. Right, world. right. Know, we're going our own thing. I think, honestly, with the success, uh, and especially like in the mid-90s, with not necessarily the Spider-Clone saga, but with the Age of X, I, and, and the death of Superman even, and Nightfall, I think they realized like, okay, we could do our own self-contained event. Mm-hmm. Now, why the event the way it was? Because what do we always say about Batman compared to all the other Superman? It's, he's grounded. He's grounded, yeah. Well, what happens when the ground beneath your feet goes? <laughs> I mean, I know it's it's goofy, but that's my thought. You know, it's like, because I mean, the idea, like, honestly, I think this started out, and we, we, we talked about this before recording, but like, maybe we could find out some information on the summit. Because that's the thing, stately Wayne Manor is always outside of Gotham. That's right. So I, I, I he even made a joke about it in Dark Knight, yeah. the movie. He goes, "Is Wayne Manor still in Gotham?" He's like, "Well, he's, it's in the it's in Gotham County. You should know your your, you know your jurisdiction." Your jurisdiction. Yeah. yeah, and so I mean, I think somebody probably came up with like, "Hey, let's let's just have there be an earthquake in the Batcave while Batman's in there. How cool would that be?" Wait a minute, what if it hit all of Gotham? Mm-hmm. Bam. You know, and this this event just it snowballed. I mean, it got bigger and bigger and bigger, and luckily, it stuck the landing. Right. So that's that's my best guess. Where it's like, hey, you know what? Let's do it. Like that's like um, what was it that we, we went to and we we talked to? Uh, do oh, I remember what it was when we were. I think it was when we talked to Marv Wolfman about uh uh sins of youth with uh or would we talk to Peter David? Yes. Okay, Peter David, and we talked about Sins of Youth for uh, Young Justice, and I said, you know, what was that? And he was like, oh, it was supposed to be a small little story, but that was the week that, you know, they were just like, oh, we want to do that with everybody. Let's bring the whole kit. Yeah. Kit and caboodle. So do you think that was the kind of, like, what you're what you're, you're exclaiming there is a, it was supposed to be the, the Bat Cave itself was supposed to get destroyed in an earthquake, and then, oh, yeah. what if we do the whole Gotham? And then they bring in all these writers. To, to be a part of it and all these pencilers and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look at that, you've got the list in front of you. Yeah. It's a murder's row. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, Jordan Gorfinkel, Greg Rucka, Chuck Dixon, Scott Betty, uh, or is that Beatty? Beatty? Probably Beatty. Paul Denny, Bob Gale, Devin. Wait, Bob Gale, is that like. Back to the future. Back to, not wow. Uh, Devin Grayson, Kelly Puckett. Larry Hama. Larry Hama is famous for G.I. Joe. Joe and Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, Brownwin Carlton. And then Pencilers Greg Land, Andy Kuhn, Evel Gucci, Guchet. You know how to say that? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> um, Malieve, which we yeah, know because he's a villain in Bendis. In Bendis, yeah. Uh, Damian Scott, Phil Winsled, Frank Tarrin, Dale Eng- Eaglesham. Dale Eaglesham, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan Jorgens, Michael Del Diodato, Tom Morgan, Matt Broom, Sergio Carello, and then you go into inkers, and I'm not going to do all that. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you like you said, a hundred issues. They had to have a whole bunch of people on this. Who was the mastermind, though? Uh, the first guy, John Gorfinkel. Okay, like he's the one who was like, okay, here's what I want to do. And I mean, props to the editor, whoever that would have been. I, for some reason, Max Shrek comes to mind, but I don't think that's right. Um, but Gorfinkel is the guy who was like, "All right, let's let's." He was the architect behind this. Now that doesn't necessarily mean he was the editor, right? Um, but he was definitely behind it. As I look, yeah, I, I don't see anybody getting that main credit, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to him. On my authority. <laughs> there was another thing that I another thing about this story. It, it it reinforces my one theory about both DC and Marvel. And it in the Marvel universe it's the X-Men, in the DC universe it's Batman. Those two comic books it, exist almost like they're outside of the comic book. Oh, they world. transcend their publishing company big yeah, time. Because and, and it works in, in in X-Men kind of because um the X-Men, even in the superhero universe or superhero community, are still on the outside of that. Yeah. So when they're having problems with civil liberties or whatever, you know, people are still hating on them. Why doesn't Captain America come in and be like, no, this these are my friends. I help these guys. They help me all the time. Like, why are you you why do you people like me but not them? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But and then the same thing with Cap with Batman. You know, why is it that this is happening to Gotham? 
a major metropolitan city in the United States, but Superman doesn't come in and just help, just start cleaning shit up. The the Green Lantern Corps doesn't come in and just start moving rubble. No, that would be hilarious. Like have that like you know just like one day where it's like. The heroes are like, fuck this. They come in and they clean Gotham. But Gotham would destroy itself that very night. <laughs> it's true. So you the know? only thing I have to, to, to assume is, one, there's a mandate from Batman. He says, don't step into Gotham. And then, two, the United States government, who we know has written off Gotham City after this earthquake, is saying, no, you're not allowed to pass uh, the borders. Like, in, Which they do. In comic books to, like, foreign countries, too. Yeah. They're like, you're you're an American superhero. You're not allowed to go to this country and do anything. Which we always see, like, the Justice League defy. Because the Justice League isn't just... Even though it's the Justice League of America, it's not... Right. They transcend that, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I you just have to put that out of your mind. You have to let it... You have to do the suspension of disbelief. Well, Why? to me... But I always... I kind of look at it as one of those things, though. And I think it was... I think it was Batman the Animated Series maybe that touched on this, or maybe Superman the Animated Series, where they did have that, where Superman comes to town. And the thing is, Gothamites, they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, as an Eagles fan, Philadelphia, we in the NFL, we're jerks, according, you know, according to a lot of people, right? You're like, oh, you guys are assholes. You know, you, you won the Super Bowl and you destroyed your city. <laughs> and it's like, I, I guess that's, and no offense to fellow Eagles fans, you know, fly, Eagles, fly. But there's that rep, you know. So like, while most metro met, met, metro metropolis 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 metropolis, nope. I like that. No metropolis. Whatever. They're they're all about truth and justice and hopeful, and they look up to the sky. Gothamites are like, fuck this world. I'm like one step away from being homeless. <laughs> the fucking Joker broke my house. Do you know how much insurance costs? And then I'm paying taxes to have a revolving door called Arkham. You know, so nobody's happy there. So it is just a city of despair. Because, I mean, you look at any of the movies, you know, the minute something happens in the first five minutes, Gothamites are looting. They're like, fuck <laughs> this. You know, like, we don't care. So I just, I, I feel like that's why Superman kind of does talk to the superhero community. He's like, look, are you going to be there for more than a week? Because if you're going to be there for more than a week, then sure, you could try to change people's minds. But if you're just going to be there for the night, then get the hell out. You know, because this takes a lifetime of fighting crime. It's not just, oh, you want to put on a cape? No, you're you're giving up your whole life in service. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that's just something I've romanticized, but that's <laughs> kind of how I feel. And that's why I can see, like, Superman's like, you know what, then? You're right. Because I do spend time as Clark Kent. The only time you're Bruce Wayne is when you have to be. Right. And as we saw in this story. Mm -hmm. So that was that's another part of the story is that Bruce Wayne, the persona of Bruce Wayne has, is seen as leaving Gotham before the earthquakes or just after the earthquakes. Oh, is it Mr. Wayne goes to Washington, right? And then yeah. call on the stories then. And then, uh, but he's also photographed being in on beaches of Ibiza or oh, on his yacht okay. and stuff like that. Yeah, they got to make it so it seems like Bat or Bruce Wayne doesn't care. Oh, okay, I thought he just went to. I thought he went to Washington he does to petition. To, yeah, he does go to Washington to, to petition, and uh, it. I believe at the very end of the story, it coincides with. Uh, Lex 2000, where Lex wins the, President. the presidency, Lex shows up in Gotham to be like, uh, oh yeah, I'm a billionaire. I'm going to help rebuild Gotham. And it, it also helps to, um, you know... Make him likable. Yeah, make him likable for his campaign. Um, so you have... Uh, you know, Bruce Wayne is, is seen as a deserter. He's not a true Gothamite. Uh, but... But uh, Batman is there every night, so obviously things are going on there. Yeah, um, he's he's using his Bat family and extended Bat family because I think Ragman shows up at a couple points too. I think so. Yeah, I remember that. Um, to police the unruly areas, whereas the GCPD are keeping their one territory to themselves, so that they you know so that people have a safe place to go to. Yeah. When, uh, who were the bigger players in, in the story? Do you remember? So for me, from and again, I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't read all 100 issues. I didn't even read those quote-unquote 80 issues that are in it. But for me, from being on the outsider, on the fringe of this, you know, reading Wizard Magazine and mm -hmm. getting all my updates, I mean, it definitely felt like Batman was on the outskirts of the superheroics, like trying to hold it together with the rest of the tights. Because even the tights weren't holding it together. I mean, Huntress, she got she got hospitalized. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Jim Gordon and, you know, the GCPD. Um, the villains, Penguin and Joker and Two-Face. And Cassandra Kane is in there at this, this point, This is right? actually, yeah. Um, I was just looking at it. introduction of her, right? Yes. Uh, let's see. If we, I can get you the exact number, maybe I lied. But yeah, this is her first appearance. And That's the funny part is she appears first. Here we go. Batman Shadow of the Bat, uh, issue 83. The first appearance of the new Batgirl, and we don't know who she is. Yeah. So they play that little bit of a card. Yeah. That's why she has that full face, the the sewn on part. Yeah. So, um, you know, the villains, like I said, you know, pecking order. So probably Joker, um, uh, Penguin, and Two Face. Um, You know, Lex Luthor was a major player in this, and honestly, I think this this is what laid the seeds for kind of like what we see nowadays between Batman and Luthor fighting. Because as much fun as it is to see Superman and Luther, it's more fun to see Batman and Luther. Because mm-hmm. they can do it on two different levels. Oh yeah, they can do it on the level of, well, well, we're both billionaires, but then, but they can also do it on the level of we're both in the superhero community. Yeah, so it definitely was the cops, the streets, and a little bit of the vigilantes, and the villains weren't necessarily the forefront. Because no, I always remember there was one. Well, it it, it came in the uh, the kickoff issue. Now again, something to. Um, advise you all about when you read this um it starts up with a story called cataclysm and in that one i think that, that was the one like i said it, it it happened with the whole you know um actually even pulling up the chapter on that it was 18 comics and that ran from march to may of 1998 so this story is bigger than you know almost two years now of comic books so we we see the city starting to fall apart of its strands and then the earthquakes start happening and so now it's like, okay, we've, we've had the main earthquake. We've had the aftershocks. The United States government said, fuck off, Gotham. We're closing you out. And so, like, I, I really liked how Superman even had a hard part dealing with this. Young Justice, they had to sneak in. Like, they had to, like, you know, cross the borders to get in there to do something. Superman snuck in twice. Once as Superman and basically got told, like, get the hell out of mm-hmm. here. So he snuck back as Clark Kent. As the reporter. You know, so that way he could get some more information through that. Um you know, the Justice League pretty much were instructed, you know, take care of everything else. I'll take care of this because you do have JLA issue 32 that deals with how the Justice League had to handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, you know, like I said, to me, this feels more like a cop story than it did anything else. Just with them taking on the streets and trying to win it corner by corner by corner. Now, I I distinctly and like I like you said, you, never, you hadn't read it or you hadn't really read all of it and i said i had read it back in the day i i mean i don't think i picked it up since then i know that they have like huge two volume omnibus or an absolute edition or something like that that you can buy now so you got to be careful if you do decide to buy it um there is the collected edition so they did um so that of the 80 issues under the title they made a first round of trade paperbacks that were released and I want to say, oh, man, I can't remember. But if it's not December of 2011, so if it's 2011 and beyond, mm-hmm. don't buy it. Okay. Uh, because they did another reprint edition of it. So they did a five-volume set that collected like half the story. Wow. What a ripoff. Yeah. So they did a new collection back in 2011, and this one's, you know, quote-unquote complete. So it's I'm looking at it right now, and it's it's at four volumes, which is funny because it's less That's volumes. But um, it, it supposedly has the bulk of the story running through it. But oh, they're, they're not going to get the complete. They're huge. They're oh, like, yeah. Like they're three phone books. Yeah. yeah, you're reading a phone book. <laughs> I just wanted to... I, the, the thing that I was like ch- ch- saying I, I think I remember is uh, a big Two-Face story. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there was now, one. I know you being a big fan of Two-Face, do you remember what that story... Like, it, it's, a, it's one where it involves him kind of not being all bad right well at first so basically like harvey dent is like all right this is my street and jim gordon's got his street and then you know they kind of collide with each other where it's like all right well you know maybe we could link forces and we can we can definitely take care of everything so you know jim and harvey have history well you know big bad harv as the animated series called him he doesn't like that you know it's like look dude i don't really want you guys working together um to pull up the, the official information on that one, and this is what's great about this. These were painted covers by Brian Boland. So it was Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, issue 119, and Batman Shadow of the Bat, issue 87. 
and these were called claim jumping. Mm-hmm. So basically, like I said, they both had their streets and everything. They had their territories. And then finally, Two-Face betrays, I, I, I don't even know what to say. He, he betrays either Harvey or Jim. Because it's such a weird mindfuck right. of a story. True. But he basically screws them over and destroys the alliance that they had. So now this kind of puts, you know, like, because at that point the cops are no longer cops. are called the Bull Boys. So it's like they're going into enemy territory. And then, you know, Two-Face is like, fuck it. You know, I'm going to screw up the whole thing. And I'm going to screw your whole situation. Um, so, you know, that's just, I guess, maybe Harvey was creating too much order. So Two-Face had to have been in some disorder in that. That makes sense. But, yeah, they're definitely beautiful stories. It's a nice two-parter. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, just it, it was definitely a fun little read. Now, where was Lucius throughout all this? So Lucius Fox, I'm not 100% sure if he made it outside the walls or not um, because I know he did play a part at the end because Luther, when he comes in, he's got – you know, all these deeds. Oh, all these people That's signed right. over their deeds. And Lucius was the one basically being tipped off by Batman that, no, those are fakes. Those people are dead or you've got you've got phony paperwork. Oh. So Lucius actually went to Luther and was like, hey, before you go public, New Year's Eve and tell all these people that you own this land, you might want to read these original documents. And Luther's like, oh, these are the originals? Then I'll keep them and I'll make sure nothing bad happens. And Lucius is walking out, and he's like, oh, yeah, but don't worry. I've got plenty of copies. <laughs> and that's when Luther is like, Mercy, kill her. And Batman's like, no, fuck that. And he beats the hell out of Mercy, and he confronts Luther. And, you know, that's that's the one time where Luther does not get what he wants. So, like I said, I, I couldn't really tell you if Lucius stayed inside the wall or if he got out, but he definitely was still fighting the good fight. That's good. And I know I remember Leslie, Leslie Tompkins, Dr. Leslie Tompkins, had her clinic still up and running right, so she stayed in Gotham. yeah she still stayed in there and it's i think i want to say alfred was a big part of of staying in there like running the clinic with her yeah he was he was you know her right hand yeah her protection and another great surgeon so if you and and, and not just a surgeon but a, a like a, a battlefield surgeon which yeah, you know what he true. used to be and which what you would need for some something like this what would you say was the big uh it was well one was there a big reveal at the end and what is the big lesson that we learn after a year of telling the story one of the stories i do like and we talked about it before we started recording so i almost forgot to talk about it now is the the whole thing with jim gordon yes people love like the people calling for him being like the original uh or being uh, the uh, original gothamite you know being original a gothamer that stick stuck around a true gotham um and Eventually, the Joker kills his second wife because we you got to remember that you know his first wife had already died a while ago. Yeah, Barbara, the original. Yeah, the original Barbara. Uh, this is his second wife, Sarah Essen, who he met in the police state. Who actually department. cheated with on Barbara because she is a Batman Year One character. That's right. I forgot about that. So uh, the Joker gets the drop on her, or he gets she gets the drop on him. And he, he gets the drop on her or whatever. She, he ends up killing her. Yes. Which, in all right, should be enough to send Gordon over the edge. Once again, just like in Killing Joke. Yeah. But he doesn't. He doesn't kill him. He arrests him. But he does shoot him in the knee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like So, doing our research for this, um, I found myself... I vividly remember that issue. So, the one we're talking about right here is Detective Comics issue 741. Um I don't know how I picked it up. I don't think I bought it. You know, I think I flipped through it. And I I wish I had bought it. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, well, just because, like, this, that's the real conclusion of this story of No Man's Land. Uh, yes, you do have the fallout issue. Like, I think there's one or two more issues after this. And it leads to the whole, like, oh, here's New Year's Eve, New Millennium, right. all this new and new Gotham. But like you said, it was the Joker. And... It's funny because Batman claims so much on the Joker. You know, he's my right, my arch enemy. He's my bane. He's all these things. But Gordon is the one who pays yeah, every flipping time. You're right. And we were talking about this before, you know, we started recording. Sarah just got lucky. You know, she came back to the station. She hears the Joker. She sneaks up on him. She's got her gun drawn. 
this could have ended so differently. She could have easily shot him. Mm-hmm. They're babies. They're not going to know. They're not going to say anything. Right. I mean, she could have been like, hey, he tried to attack me. He came at me. I shot and killed him. You know? And I don't think anybody would question if you. Yeah, nobody. I mean, they've, they've done dirtier work for less. <laughs> it's just true. You know? And, but I just remember that the part that hurt about this is he tosses the baby. She obviously drops her gun to catch it. She's holding the baby, and you could just see, like, the artist did such a great job. You just see the sadness in her as the Joker puts the gun in her head, pulls the trigger. And then there's that. But then the next page, when you see the Joker just not smiling, and he just silently walks up, and, you know, he's like, I surrender. Yeah. Like, he says it's so calm. Like, even the font is small. Yep. And, you know, it's like everybody's sad to report, you know. It, it looks like... Uh, it's Harvey Bullock and Renee Montoya come up and they're like, we're so sorry. And, you know, Joker pistol whips him and he's thinking about it. I mean, Joker, of course, makes a joke. And, you know, Jim is just ranting, you know. It's like, it is what it is. And then the best Batman can say is, we've all gone too far. Look at them. Look at us. They can't take anymore. It's time to bring our people back, Jim. But then even Batman realizes, I won't stop you. I wish Jim pulled the trigger. Yeah. I, I mean, really did. I mean, I get he kneecaps him, and then the Joker being such the dick he is is like, oh, I can't walk just like your daughter. And, you know, Jim loses it. But, God, that was a crazy issue. Uh, Greg Rutka and De- uh, Devin Grayson wrote it. Damian Scott and Dell Eagles hand drew it. And it's just, it's such raw emotion. Like, you can't get any more Batman comic than that. And then it's all street level. And then when you get to after the, you know, the city is open back up and they're like, you know, they're giving Jim Gordon the award and being like, yeah, you're you know, the man of the year. Exactly. And, all that fun stuff. and he says, he says to, I want to say Harvey, he's like, they forget, you know, I'm from Chicago. I'm not even from Gotham. It's Sarah who was the, the true Gothamite or the, the true Gotham or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, even in, in that, and you said it best before we started recording that if Sarah had said, let's get the hell out of here, he probably would have went with her at the beginning of No Man's Land. Oh, I think so. Like, so there's a question I want to ask you, but I'll save it first. Well, okay. So just to give you some think time, do you have a single favorite issue from this storyline? So I remember there's this really great uh, Scarecrow story. And I don't, I don't really remember what it, what it is, what it's about. I just remember reading it. And it might have been like one of the first ones of the No Man's Land, but I just remember reading it and being like, "Wow, that like it it showed me the Scarecrow a little bit better than anything else I had read up to that point. Maybe even the '90s TV, the animated series. Right. But I was just like, I just remember being like, "Oh, that was that was really really cool." So yeah, and he's always a fun character. Um, and this story gives us some big stuff because we mentioned that we get. Um, Batgirl, but we also get Harley Quinn here. Really? So, yeah, this is this is where she made her comic book appearance. Wow. So they, they had her appear in the comics. Uh, they had the, the special one-shot Batman Harley Quinn. So now she's part of the canon, the official, you know, whatever 616 DC is, <laughs> whatever Earth we're on now. Earth New, New Earth. New Earth, Earth One or whatever. But, yeah, so we get her. But for me, my favorite issue in this series and I stumbled upon it by accident. Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, issue 125. And this one's really good because, so, uh, Greg Rucka drew, wrote it, so he's an awesome writer. Uh, Rick Burchette drew it. And if you've read Batman the Animated Series, the comics, you're going to see his art there, you know? And it's like, it, it, he drew it in his style. And I don't mind that it, it looks a little bit cartoony. I right. like that. Right. Because I almost, like, you can imagine, like, season 10 of Batman the Animated <laughs> Series, you know? But I just like that this is the first time Batman and Gordon talk after everything, after, Bat- after Batman left Gotham. Because Gordon stayed, and he didn't stay by choice. And, you know, at first it's just bullshit, you know, like, oh, yeah, your garden's great. Oh, yeah, thanks. I use good soil, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then finally, you know, Gordon just looks at him. He's like, are we friends? And then Batman, yes, Jim, we're friends. He's like, damn odd, you know. I don't have many friends. I don't have many people I trust, but I trusted you. I trusted you. And, like, I'm glad Gordon gets this moment. 
because a lot of people talk about the killing joke. Oh, it's such a great Batman Joker story. What about fucking Jim? He's yeah. He got screwed. It, I mean, he might have been raped in that in that story. It, it's very much so. You know, but I just I love how he talks about all this stuff. And, you know, this even goes to what you were saying, where he's standing by the fire and he's like, you know, when the NML was announced, Sarah and I tried to leave. A moment of weakness. I wanted to run away, find a job somewhere else, abandon the sinking ship. Everywhere I applied for work, I got turned down. I wasn't asking for much. Not like I wanted to be the, the commissioner of police in Keystone City. I'd have taken a detective job if I could have landed it. No one would give me work. They didn't want a cop who needed an urban legend to do his policing for him. They laughed at me, some of them behind my back, some to my face. And I started to wonder, maybe you were laughing at me too. Wow. And I just love how Jim puts it on him. And even, you know, Batman being the dick, he turns around and says, well, you know, vice versa. Maybe you were using me as much as I was using you. But I love that when Batman does that, you know, he tries to flip it. Gordon just turns around and he says, damn, I was using you. <laughs> of course I am. I wanted to clean up this city. And it's like, man, like as much as people like, I, I guess it's just sad that Gordon's never going to get the due he deserves. No. Because he's not the one who can put on a mask and take it off. Right. He's the one that has sacrificed. And he has to follow the rules. Yeah. And I just, I like this issue. It's beautiful. I recommend go read it. Um, and this is also a turning point, which... Haha, that was what it was called. There was a story called Batman Turning Points, and it was supposed to be exploring the relationship for, with Batman and Jim Gordon. Mm -hmm. And I think they actually did a No Man's Land issue. But anyways, Batman is like, look, I don't know how I can get you to trust me or anything. He removes the mask. And I just love how Jim, you know, and I'm sorry, I'm quoting a lot. I hope you all don't mind. But he's like, you know, I don't want it, damn it. Put it back on. If I wanted to know who you were, I could have discussed I could have discovered it ten years ago. For all you know, maybe I did. Maybe I do. But that's not the point. Put it back on. And I, I honestly I, I honestly do think Gordon has to know. Oh, he knows. Gordon knows. He just this is this is literally the point where if asked, has the Batman ever unmasked himself in front of you? He could be like, No. Yep. I, he's never in unmasked. Court of law, I'm not lying. Exactly. So but <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that, that that is great, and you're right. This is this No Man's Land is very much a Jim Gordon story as well as being a Batman story. So does that mean going into the New Fifty Two when you have Jim Gordon take over for Batman? Does does this does that strike a little bit better for you, like him getting his due, or do you feel like that didn't work out for him either? So when when Jim became Batman, yeah, you know, like that one. So. Like, it's tough because I remember at one point, DC Comics, you know, like whatever this was, like 1999, the DC Universe as we knew it was essentially 10 years old. And I don't know, I guess it just, it struck a chord with me. I thought it was neat. And, you know, I do remember reading year one and we see, you know, a young ginger looking Jim right, Gordon. Yeah. And now we get our gray hair you know, no longer smoking a pipe because he, he had a bout with cancer, mm -hmm. you know, and then new 52 comes along and he's young and spry and he's so young and spry that he could become Batman. Right. I mean, it was a great gimmick. I mean, this is like, Hey, you know, uh, Bucky became cap Nightwing will become cap uh, or become Batman. Right. Uh, Sam Wilson became cap uh, Jim Gordon, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it worked for what it was. It's a gimmick. I mean, I, I don't think, <clears throat> He deserves his due, and that was a good due, but it wasn't the proper due. It wasn't the proper one. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's No Man's Land, 1999, January to December. Uh, it's the 101. You should go out and read it any way you can. It yes. is an important part of DC Comics. It was an important part of Batman, so much so that it, it almost got created into a cartoon twice. Yeah. Both times they said it was too dark to, to go forward. Now, if they're telling you this Batman story is too dark, then you need to read it. <laughs> exactly. Um, the Dark Knight, which is famous for Heath Ledger's Joker, yep. also has part adaptation from No Man's Land because you see the bridges get... Uh, blown up uh which is a central part of no man's land yeah uh and like i said this final season of gotham is definitely uh very much no man's land and how that happens so uh i guess it was also part of uh one of the video games bart arkham city uh, it's uh it's a big part oh so 
Chris went and found the. I think I found. I don't know. Fear of Faith. Yeah, yeah. The Legends of the Dark Knight. I remember reading a lot of Legends of Dark Knight for No, that no Man's Land. That was a great Land. title. Yeah, yeah. Especially for the No Man's Land like yeah. thing. So, uh, yeah. And I think that's where you you talk about because um, you talked about Hunter being in the hospital. Well, this is this one was actually part five. So this was early, early in the yeah, whole yeah. thing. No, yeah, um, I remember it being early. Yeah, she got hospitalized way later. I forget how. But um, but you know what blows my mind? And just one quick thing, or uh, side note, I guess. I'm surprised at how much Bob Gale wrote on this. Yeah. Because Bob Gale, like, I remember, like, DC, I guess DC needs to kind of wake up sometimes. <laughs> well, because obviously they had him writing all this. And then when Bob Gale went to go work for Marvel Comics, he did that Ant-Man Big Christmas. And they were like, the guy who wrote Back to the Future is writing comic books for the first time. And, no, Marvel. Marvel. and it was like, and people fell for it. I fell for it. I bought that book because the screenwriter of Back to the Future wrote it. Um, I remember when they were like, yeah, Bob Gale's going to write Daredevil. He's writing comics again for Marvel. You know, he just played it all so well. And it was like, damn. But now as I do my research here, I'm like, this guy's been writing comics for a good while. Holy cow. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, with all that, that being said, if you want to know more, check out the wiki, go and read the pages, read the books any way you can. Uh, if you want to ask us some questions, we are here. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris is also on Twitter as... Stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Kiss is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candace is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candace on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.